Good morning. <laughs> great day. Any day we can assemble to worship is a great day. It's good to see you all this morning. A uh, few reminders, if you would, please mute your cell phones. Grab communion in the back outside the doors and drop your contribution in the boxes at the back doors. Uh, if you're visiting with us, we are honored. We're thankful that you are here. And we ask that you fill out a visitor's card. should be one in the pew in front of you. And you should also be aware that we have a nursery behind those windows right there if you need that. Children's church will be canceled for this morning. There will be no children's church, uh, but typically we have that as well. Members, we are still soliciting your member survey. If you can grab one of those, drop it in the mailbox in the back. We would appreciate that. Um, our sympathy goes out to the elite family. Uh, if you hadn't heard, Rusty passed away this past week. Remember to keep that family in your prayers. And let us begin this morning. Uh, let's begin our worship with a word of prayer. Father, we are truly thankful for all that you do for us and all that you give us. We uh, are thankful, Father, for the day that we have uh, where we can assemble with one another, the freedom that we have where we can assemble with one another, uh, the word that you've given us that we uh, can open so readily available where we can study from it, learn from it. Just help us, Father, to model our lives after your son. Help us to do all that we can, Father, to be more like him each day. We ask, Father, that you watch over and comfort the Leap family, the loss of Rusty, that you give them the peace and the comfort that they need. Help us, Father, to be an encouragement uh, to them, Father, as well as to, uh, to uh, all those around us, Father, who are suffering, many with their health, many with grief and anxiety and depression. Uh, just help us to be servants of yours in all that we do. We ask, Father, for your strength where we're weak, for your forgiveness, Father, when we sin. And we ask that you be with us this morning as we worship. Help us to do it in spirit and truth. Help us to open our hearts to, to you and glorify you in all things this morning. Continue to guide our lives. Bless us with a good day. Forgive us. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Let's all please stand. We'll sing hymn number nine. Hymn number nine, A Wonderful Savior. Sing the first three verses. me there with his hand and come. 
Next hymn this morning, number 134. 134, Faith is the Victory. Again, we'll sing the first three verses, and then Brother Jerry Fry will have our scripture reading and prayer.
reading that David has chosen this morning is taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Would you bow with me, please, as we go to God in prayer? Almighty God, we thank you for this and other opportunity that we have to assemble. And Father, as Jeremy said, it is good for us to be together, and we're thankful for that, Father, that those of like faith that have gathered here. And Father, it is my prayer that everything that we say and do is in accordance with your will. Father, we thank you for your word and for the preservation of it and that we can understand it. You've given us the ability of discernment and your simplistic plan of salvation that we can follow it and understand it and share it with others, Father, and forgive us when we don't do that. Father, we're mindful, particularly at this time, we're saddened uh, to passing of Rusty. Just pray that you'll be with the lead family, the Ward family, the Skeens family, and uh, the rest of the extended family, Father. Just pray that all those that uh, are traveling surrounding uh, the funeral, that you will give them safe passage here and back to their respective homes. And Father, we're hurting because they're hurting, but we know that your faith will carry them through, that your people of faith, Father, and that uh, they know that they will be reconciled in heaven again. What a great consolation that is. Continue to be with them and bless them, and may we encourage them at every opportunity that we have. Father, also mindful of Kristen Ward, just pray that you will be with her and bless her and be with James and the kids. Ask for your richest blessings upon them as well, Father. Father, all those that are undergoing tests and waiting on uh, tests that, have, that they've had, just pray that for favorable outcomes for all of them, that you will be with them and bless them as well, Father. Be with our shepherds here, Father, uh, as they lead the flock and just pray that uh, you'll give them strength and continue to give them wisdom and may they continue to rule well over the congregation here at Rome. Father, we're thankful for David and as he occupies the pulpit here momentarily, just pray that you be with him and May he remember those things that he wants to convey to us, Father. And if there's one happened to be in the audience that maybe has been given consideration to putting your son on in baptism, just pray that this will be the hour that they do that. Father, we also rejoice with the Sullivan family at uh, Junior's recent baptism. Just pray that you be with him and bless him and just happy for that family and for that great decision that he made, Father. And for all of those of our congregation that are also battling COVID and aren't here, just pray that you'll be with them and bless them. Father, it's just a good day to be alive and living in Christ, and Father, we thank you for Jesus and all that he means to us, and we know that we miss the mark, Father. We have sin in our lives, and we make mistakes, and help us to be resolved to do better. Continue to be with us. Forgive us, Father, when we fall short of your glory, and no merit of our own, Father, but when our life here is no more, may we hear those words, enter in, well done. Thank you for that hope that we have, Father. And it's through Christ that I ask all these things. Amen. Next hymn this morning, number 764, When We Meet in Sweet Communion. <clears throat>
morning. As a body of believers, we now have the opportunity to come together and commemorate, remember the death of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and help to focus our minds on the cross. I would like to read from 1 Corinthians 13, excuse me, 1 Corinthians 12, sorry, 1 Corinthians 11, verses 23 through 26. 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 26. For I received from the Lord that which I also received to you, delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. As we take the, the bread and the cup this morning, as Paul writes, we proclaim Jesus' death. Proclaim is not a word that we, we use very often or hear very often, but it's um, defined or means to declare something one considers importance, important with due emphasis. There's nothing more important to us as Christians as Jesus' death on the cross. He did what we could never do for ourselves. He took away our sins once and for all. He brings us into a relationship with God and his subsequent burial and death and victory over death gives us that hope of eternal life. So this morning as we partake of the Lord's Supper, 
we are proclaiming that Jesus Christ died for our sins. Not that we deserved it, but that we serve a God that loves us so much that he was willing to send his son to the cross. Let's pray for the bread. Dear God, we come to you this morning, Father, so thankful, Lord, that you give us this time that we can come together as a body of believers to remember, Lord, that remember your son, Jesus Christ, and those events that took place on the cross, Father, that, that he was willing to, to die for our sins, to, to create a way that we could be forgiven of our sins, and to give us that hope of eternal life with you, Lord. And We're so thankful, Father, that, that you love us so much that you were willing to send your son, Jesus, here, and, and do for us what we can never do for ourselves, Father. We, we don't deserve it. We're so thankful for that, and, and Father, we're mindful of the, the bread, Lord, at this time, which represents Jesus' body on the cross, and we just pray that each of us will take it in a worthy manner. It's through Jesus Christ we do pray. God, we approach you once again in prayer, Lord, thanking you, Father, for, for your son, Jesus. We're so thankful, Father, for his life and for his death. And Father, at this time, we ask your blessings upon the, the fruit of the vine, which represents Jesus' blood that he so willingly shed that now covers over our sins, Father. We thank you for that and just ask your blessings upon each of us taking it this morning. It's through Jesus Christ we do pray. Amen. concludes the Lord's Supper. This time we now have the opportunity to, uh, to take up an offering or give back. Just a reminder that there are two bins in the back that you can drop your, uh, your giving into if you wish. Uh, let's go to God in prayer. Father in heaven, we come to you at this time, Lord, thanking you so much for all the many blessings that you, you give us individually as well as as a church, Father, we are so blessed, and you've been so good to us, Father, and we just uh, can't thank you enough for that. We just, Father, at this time, ask your blessings upon our giving, Father, that each of us will give back to you cheerfully, and, and that we'll uh, put our trust and hope in you, Father, and not the things of this world, and we just pray your blessings upon those funds that are collected this morning, that they will do good for you, Father, that they'll be used in a manner that that pleases you, that will bring more people to know you, Father, and that will help people in their times of need, Father. Just be with us, watch over us, and it's through Jesus Christ we do pray.
us please stand again. We'll sing hymn number 71, Blessed Assurance. And just a reminder, there's no children's bottle hour today. <clears throat> This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, perfect delight, visions of rapture. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I am my Savior. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. <clears throat> the invitation hymn for this morning, number 103. Come to Jesus, number 103. <clears throat> Time, Brother Dave. Good morning, church family. The, um, it's hard. Harder than I thought it would be uh, this morning. Um, if you don't mind, a, a lot of you know uh, Rusty passed away. Um, uh, what a light, what a beacon to this congregation he was. What a uh, good husband, father, son Rusty was. And um, he's all in our thoughts and our minds at this moment. Um, let's just have a word of silent prayer at this time. Pray for the family. Pray for to give them strength that God's with them. Help them get through this because for some of it, some of you have lost a husband. Some of you have lost a son. 
and you know how hard that can be for somebody. So at this moment, let's go to God in prayer and do a silent prayer this time. It's, it is a new year, and starting off every new year, and um, even in our Bible class this morning, we talked about our New Year's resolutions, you know, what New Year's resolutions we have set before ourselves um, going forward this year. Now, I'm sure you've noticed, um, I've had COVID, I haven't noticed, because I haven't been in a grocery store because they don't allow me in there. <laughs> but, uh, but each year they usually put out a magazine. And I don't even know if they make magazines anymore. It's last time I saw them, I don't even know if they have a magazine aisle in grocery stores anymore. But they usually do a magazine. People Magazine usually does a magazine of the things that happened the previous year. Of all the issues, all the events, all um, this... Just going out, going through the entire year of last year, and sometimes they'll even go as far as predicting what's going to happen this year and what's going to happen in the future. Some some magazines even go as far as predicting what's going to happen ten to twenty years down the road. And you know, sometimes they're accurate. Sometimes they're not. For example, one magazine in 1967 predicted that technology would take over the world so much that us as Americans, we would only work 22 hours a week. Now, I don't know about you, but that couldn't be farther from the truth because it seems like I'm more busier today than I was the day before. But, uh, you know, predictions can be wrong when it goes that far ahead. Well, I know that you know, during the years, we've been busy. Last year, we've been busy. We're always in a hurry. We always walk fast. We always talk fast. And then after a dinner or supper, we always say, excuse me, but I got somewhere I need to go. But here we are on the second Sunday of 2022. And I sit there and wonder how this year is going to go. Am I going to make better of my time this 363 days than I did last year? Will I be looking back with joy 
Will I be looking back with regret? Or will I be looking forward to the future with anticipation or with dread? There's a passage of scripture that I'd like to read that I believe that helps us to look forward to this year. Look, make us look forward to the rest of 2022. And it's found in Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. Ephesians chapter 5, 15 through 17. And it says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because of the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish. But understand what the Lord's will is. Think of that passage for a moment. The Apostle Paul, here he presents us with a very important lesson here. Something that we need to consider. First of all, we must be very careful on how we live. Because our time on this earth is limited. In Psalms, it says, show me the way, O Lord, my life's end. Number my days. Let me know how fleeting my life is. Also in Psalms, he says, the length of days is 70 years to 80 years. If we have the strength, they quickly pass and fly away. Now, I realize, maybe to some of you younger folks out there, that 70 or 80 years old is ancient. That's old. I don't know if you saw um, the old rapper that um, Brian Ward's in on YouTube, but he's, uh, that's old, 70 or 80 years old. Now, I realize that's, you know, that's not that old, me being 48 anymore, but, uh, but you kind of understand where, when you sit there and think of when it says 70 to 80 years old and where a kid thinks today. For example, when you first started dating, or when a boyfriend and girlfriend are sitting out in the car and they're talking in the car, in your driveway, that time seems like an hour or two hours they're sitting there talking. But as the mom and dad peeking through the blinds, wondering what's going on in that car, seems like an eternity. The psalmist tells us the number of our days so that way our heart can develop wisdom. There's an app that they make that tells you on how much time you have left to live. You sit there and put in all your calculations. You put in your sex. You put in your weight, your cholesterol, your blood type. You put all this information into, into this little calculation, and, and, it, and, it, and it adds it all up, and it tells you how long you're going to live. Now, 75 years old, it's usually the average 
life expectancy of a man, and 80 years old is a life expectancy of a female. Now, I saw on YouTube the year end of epic fails, and I understand why men only live to be 75, because there's a lot of crashing that I see men go through. But uh, for $20, you can find out how long you live. I didn't pay $20, but um, I'm sure some of you have heard of this app or seen this app. Now, if I figured I was going to live to be 75 years old, that I had about 9,855 days left to live. That's all. Just 9,855 days left to live. But wait a minute. Neither you or I can guarantee that we have any day to live or one more day to live. In fact, the Bible tells us not to even count on tomorrow because tomorrow may not come. All we have, all we have is right now. All we have is right now. So our time on this earth, our time here at worship, is very valuable. And it should be valuable because it's limited. Secondly, Paul tells us to make the most of every opportunity. And he gives us this reason, because the days are evil. Jesus said Satan is a robber and a thief. One thing that Satan tries to rob from us is our time. Because our time is very precious to us. I mean, just think about all the times we wasted in our life sinning. Think about all the times we've wasted our time in bars or gambling or shallow affairs. Think about all the times we wasted gossiping or spreading rumors. Think about all the times you've wasted thinking about the consequences of your actions and the sins we've committed. Satan is a robber and a thief. But it's not just that that demands our time. Sometimes even good things demand our time. Last Wednesday, I did a devotional on Mary and Martha and how Mary and Martha were, Jesus comes over to their house and Jesus sits down at Martha's feet. And Martha's sitting there at Jesus' feet, just soaking in every single word that Jesus is saying. Meanwhile, Martha is in the kitchen. She's sitting there making a meal for, for Jesus and she's so busy in there, and she, she tells Jesus, tell my sister to come in here to help me. And Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen better. Now, is Martha committing a sin here? 
by fixing a meal in the kitchen? No, of course not. But here's the problem. She was so preoccupied on what she was doing is that she forgot that Jesus, the Son of God, was in her living room. You know, that's the same mistake that you and I make sometimes. We get so caught up in the here, and we get so caught up in the now, that we fail to deal with what's for eternity. The thing that will last forever and ever. In my counseling classes, I read a book where he had a little insert. Uh, Richard Swanson is a medical doctor. And he discusses the major problems with time and anxiety and stress. And he calls it the overload. Word that we should all be familiar with. But, and he's saying that We are just all so overloaded. Overloaded with everything that goes on in our life. First, we're overloaded with commitments. We've committed, we have overcommitted ourselves. We've overcommitted ourselves here. We've overcommitted ourselves there. In this activity, this social function. And as a result, we can't even see ourselves coming or going. We've overloaded ourselves with commitments. Second, we've overloaded ourselves with possessions. He says our closets are full. Our garages are full. They're overflowing. We've gone into debt. With all the things that we simply must have. And then we're so afraid with all those possessions that we have, we're afraid that someone's going to steal them. We're overloaded with possessions. Thirdly, we're overloaded at work. We get up early in the morning. We fight the traffic. We experience unworkable working conditions. All because... We have to pay for those possessions that we have accumulated. And then we're overloaded in information. The doctor said that he has to read 220 articles a month just to keep up with his profession. Is that true, Friday? You have to read that much? Friday's saying, yeah, you have to read a lot in order to keep up with your profession. And then there's the internet that we're overloaded with all the information that we get on the internet, just with Google or Siri. But the problem is, is that, that we can't possibly absorb all that information. So we feel overloaded in that area as well. And I could sit there and go on and on and on, but you kind of get the picture here. There are so many demands in our lifetime. 
and so many good things that are being done. But we only have 8,712 hours left of this year. And we've already used 192 hours of it already. We want to make the most of every opportunity we have in this life. So what are we to do? How are we to make every opportunity count that we have in this life? Well, to answer that, Paul tells us, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Now, what to do, now, what do you think that God's will for you is this year? What do you think his will for you this year is? Do you think he wants you to be worried? Do you think he wants you to be full of stress and anxiety? Or do you think he wants you to have more spiritual thoughts? Do you think he wants your calendar to be so crowded with so many important things that you don't have God, that you don't have time for God this year? Let me make a couple suggestions for you to consider. First off, establish your priorities. Establish your priorities. Number one, I'm assuming since you're here this morning that you've put God first in your life. Or maybe you're watching on the internet that you put God as a major priority in your life already. And I'm hoping that he is a major priority in your life. And I'm hoping that you're wanting to build a stronger relationship with God in your life through Jesus Christ. Saying that that is the most important thing to me in my life right now is to build that relationship. So I'm going to put it at the top, at the top of my priority list. So that way it affects me. It affects the decisions I make in my life. It affects the scheduling I make in my life. It affects the relationships I have in my life and my whole outlook on life. Therefore, when Sunday rolls around, either snow, rain, football kickoff, I know where I'll be. I know where you'll be. I know you'll be here worshiping the Lord. And I know that nothing will interfere into that. Second, you also need to schedule some silent time to pray. I can't tell you how important that is. That time 
for you to build that relationship with God in prayer. Dig into his word. Pray with your family. Read the word of God with your family. Pray for all the people around you. Pray for the families. Pray for the church. Pray for the elders. You don't understand how much prayer means to God. It's so if you understood the importance of what it, prayer means to God, you would do it every day. You do it more than one t- one time a day, because it helps you grow spiritually. It helps increase your faith in Him. It helps you trust in our Lord. Thirdly. Spend time. Spend time with your family this year. Spend time with your family this year. Husbands, I challenge you. Take your wife out on a date. I'm serious. Take your wife out on a date. Just you two. Get away. No interference. No cell phones. No interruptions. Just you two talking. It could be at a nice restaurant. It could be at home. Wherever it is, spend some time together. Spend time with your children, too. They're growing up so fast. Boy, do they grow up fast. These are some precious moments that you don't want to miss. Don't let those moments get away from you. Spend quality time with your children. And make sure that your family is high on your priority list. Now, I understand that most of us have to work. And I think Christians ought to be good workers. When someone hires a Christian, they ought to know that they're getting someone that they can depend on for an honest day's work, that they won't cheat them. But we have a responsibility as Christians first to our Lord and Savior. And when we're at work, we honor Him in everything we do. So first off, you need to establish your priorities. And then secondly, well, learn how to live for today. Learn how to live for today. Two of our greatest enemies is time and regrets of things we did in the past of anxiety or what's going to happen to us in the future. 
See, many of us, we either, we either live in a past or we live in a future. And many of us, we get so caught up in this game of, of I wish I were, I wish it were next week, or I wish it were next month. You know, I read a story about a girl who was in high school. She graduated high school, and she uh, thought, you know, if, if I just get married and have kids, I can really start to be able to enjoy life. So she goes through college, she gets married, has children. She realizes, like the most of us, and how hard work it is in order to raise kids and how hard a relationship can be at times. So then she thinks to herself, you know, if I can only raise my children to get out of school, then I can really start to enjoy life. While her kids are in high school, her husband comes up to her and says, Honey, I'm sitting looking at the finances and we don't have enough money to send our kids to college. So you need to get a job. She didn't want to get a job, but she knew that he was right. So she gets a job and she's sitting there thinking to herself, you know, if I can have my kids graduate college and I get all the bills paid off, I can finally start to enjoy life. After her kids graduate college, she goes to her boss's office and says, Boss, I'm quitting. The boss says, wait a second, hold on a second, you don't want to do that. In eight years, you have finished with a pension and I'll pay you for the rest of your life. And she thought about it. She doesn't want to work, but she also doesn't want to leave all that money on the table either. So what does she do? She stays with her job. And she finishes out her eight years. Now her, her and her husband are retired. And all they do is they bought themselves a little, little cottage in the mountains. And they look through photo albums thinking about the good old days. Someone said, life is what happens to you while you're making plans to do something else. How true is that? After another year has come and gone, and a new year stretches before us, help us, Lord, <laughs> to redeem our time so that way we have a better year this year. And during your new year, I pray that you have enough happiness to keep you sweet, that you have enough trials to keep you strong, 
that you have enough sorrow to keep you human, that you have enough hope to keep you happy, that you have enough failures to keep you humble, that you have enough success to keep you eager, that you have enough friends to give you comfort, that you have enough enthusiasm to make you look forward till tomorrow, and enough determination to make each day better than the next. We only have 8,711 more days this year. Spend them the wisest way you can. Spend them for his glory. Before I give the invitation, I want to read Romans 13, 11 through 12. Romans 13, 11 through 12, and it reads, The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber, because our salvation is near. Now then, when we first believed, the night is nearly over, the day is almost here. So let us pass aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. We need to trust in our Lord. We need to trust in Him. We need to place our lives in His hands and allow Him to use us for His glory and His glory alone. Now maybe you're here this morning and you are without Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. What a perfect opportunity to change your life right now. Starting this year, we don't know if we're going to have tomorrow or not. God sent his son to die on the cross for you. So that way, you could be with him for eternity. Be with your family for eternity. Be with God's family for eternity. Accept him as your Lord and Savior. Everything is ready. Everything is prepared. He wants you to make that decision now. Don't put it off for another day, another week, another month. But won't you come forward and do that now as we stand and sing.
It's good to see we have visitors this morning. We'd like to welcome you back at 4 o'clock, our evening service. Our evening service this evening will be just a little shorter because of the time of the funeral for Rusty. So we will have service at 4, and we will be out in time to get to the funeral home at 5. Remember that the, the viewing today is 2 to 5, and the funeral is at, starts at 5. So keep that family in your prayers. As a lot of us know that Rusty body developed cancer, I guess, seven, eight years ago. He's given two and a half to three years. As a kid, you watch grow up like a lot of other kids that we watch. And he got four extra years. Keep that family in your prayers, and I know you will. We have a... Keep Chris and his family in your prayers. He's had COVID, and the kids have had it. Jackie Hutchison's not feeling well. Jackson Stevens is not feeling well. The Hawks are not feeling well. So we blame it all on COVID. And David used to speaking about people being old of 70 and 80. There's one lady in here that's got children 70. So I don't know what she is. That's my mother. She's 90. But anyway, anybody else have any announcements? We're thankful for everyone that's here this morning. It's a winter morning. Snow, rain, we have it all. It was three degrees at our house yesterday morning. It's kind of neat that it's 40 degrees warmer this morning. But anyway, if there's not any other announcements, I'll stand for the remainder of the song and have a closing word of prayer.
last hymn this morning, number 643, The Lord My Shepherd Is. <clears throat> and after this hymn, Brother Jason Stevens will have a prayer. pray together. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day of life you've given to us. We thank you for the opportunity to come and worship you. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the hope of salvation that you have given us through him. We thank you for this life that you have given to us. Lord, we pray that you will be with uh, our church family here now. We pray that you'll be with all of us. Watch over us. Comfort us, Lord, and we pray that you will heal those who are sick. We pray that you will comfort especially the Leap family. We also have so many uh, in our community, Lord, who are suffering losses. We pray that you will be with them. We pray that you'll be with the Old Acre Ashworth family. We pray that you'll be with the Workman Smith family, Lord, and so many others, Lord, that we know and, and care about. And we pray that you will be with them and, and, and watch over them. Lord, again, we thank you for all the blessings you do give to us. We pray that you will give those uh, college students who are going back to school a safe, uh, safe travel, that you'll watch over them, that they may continue to uh, learn and grow. And we pray that you'll be with our kids and our children as, as we all go through this pandemic time. And it's just weird, Lord, and we just we really don't know what to do or tell them. And we just pray that you will give them patience and, and watch over them and keep them safe and healthy, Lord. Lord, go with us now, give us courage, Help us to do as you would have us to do. Forgive us when we don't. And it's through Jesus we pray. 